Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for today's episode that is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I hinted at this at the end of yesterday's podcast. I believe this is the third time back this season, which uh, we are very pleased about. It's the Senior Vice President of the Milwaukee Bucks, Alex Lazary, is here. Alex, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back on. Well, I, we just said this before we started recording. I, I wanted you on originally because I saw you were down in the bubble and as a basketball fan, it's just super fascinated about everything that's going on down there. I really wanted to hear, I wanted to get the rundown of what it's like to be a, a tier two member of this whole arrangement. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But, uh, you know, yesterday, as we spoke about in the podcast, the game was probably a little more eventful than we all wanted it to be because of the incident with Giannis. See, he has been handed a one-game suspension, which I, I think we probably guessed was going to be the case based on previous incidents of a similar nature. And uh, But you know, all the same, you were just a little bit concerned with the fact there was only one game before the playoffs starting uh, after that went down. So, so let's start right there. When you're watching this game, and I'm not sure where you're watching it from, from home perhaps, you see that happen. What's your first thought when you see that happen? Is it the same as everyone else? Is it, is it just like, oh, no, this, this is not what, what we wanted to see right now? Yeah, I mean, it was a little love tap. A little love tap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I thought when I saw it. I, I mean, look, Giannis said it. You know, he said it. You know, he let his emotions get the best of him, and, you know, he regrets doing it. But, look, at the end of the day, Giannis, I think, throughout this entire bubble experience, uh, there have been a lot of dirty plays against him. Um, and he's played through it. He's let it go. And, you know, quite frankly, there hasn't been much action taken on some of it. I mean, you know, we saw a play in, um, in the first game where Giannis goes up for a rebound and gets called for a foul, even though it's clear that, you know, Smart pulls him down uh, midair. You've got guys who are, you know, falling before Giannis even gets close to them, trying to just draw a charge, which is dangerous on its own. Um, you know, I, I get that in some ways that's kind of like the only way you can guard him is hope that there's, you know, a charge called and that you get into foul trouble. But look, a lot of a lot of those plays are are dangerous. Um, I, I think they're a little dirty. And look, like Giannis let Giannis, I'd say 99% of the time, um, is able to keep that in check. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a better man than I think, you know, most people who would have that happen to. Um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, like, you know, you, you do that and this is the repercussion, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's what it is. And I think precedent has kind of showed like, that's, that's what, um, that's what happens when you do something like that. You know, it's at the end of the day, like, you know, it's for the last seeding game. So not the, not the biggest deal in the world. Um, he'll be back for the playoffs. So, 
Um, I'm not overly concerned. What, I, what I'm more concerned about is the plays that are happening that are endangering his health. Um, and I'd like you know, that to be looked at a, a little bit more. So I, I think you're right in regards to the plays when he's in the air, because I, this has been something that's happened, um, and not just this season, but uh, across the course of his career. And it happens to a number of players, to be honest. But the, the fact that um, the charge in particular, and the Marcus Smart one is interesting, where he can slide under a player while he's in the air. You mentioned the other one where he did grab his arm. I, I think that it's become a bit of an issue with Giannis. And, and yesterday's game was perhaps the perfect example. If you're getting fouled eight times in 10 minutes then you, you probably, there's, there's probably something that's telling you that, it, that the other team isn't physically able to match it with this player and all they were doing is fouling him a number of those fouls when he came in midair. So uh, the post-game reaction, you know, Bud hinted to the fact there was previous plays. Uh, Sterling Brown, we know what he said. He was a little bit stronger with, with his words. Uh, what are the conversations you have with the league in terms of these, these uh, times when he is in the air? Because as you said, this is not just... Um, you know, a foul, that's whether it's called or not. And in the instance of the Marcus Smart one, it was it was called against him, I believe. I mean, that's the most unbelievable one of, of all this. But uh, this isn't just a, a foul or a block or a charge. This is something that could seriously injure Giannis. And as Bucks fans, I mean, we've seen what can happen when a player's in midair and see what can go wrong. And it's uh, it can turn pretty ugly pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get into like the, the private conversations that we have yeah. with the league on this. You know, it's obviously something that, we bring up um, and are constantly having conversations with. And look, at the end of the day, like, these are hard calls. You know, a lot of these are bang, bang. Giannis, Giannis is a physical basketball player. Um, he's strong. He doesn't fake anything. You know, he, he's not ever doing, you know, those like uh, those whiplash head movements to try to draw a foul or, or, you know, flopping around like Giannis, you know, plays through it. And he's so strong and big that, you, know, you kind of get a little bit of the Shaq treatment, right? Like, and, you know, LeBron treatment where you can just kind of go through it and it doesn't look like you get hit. Um, and so, you know, like that's, that's something I think he's dealt with and he's you know constantly learned to deal with, but look, you know, we constantly are talking with the league and working with them on, you know, Hey, look, you know, some of these plays are just, we, they, they we have to be more, uh, we have to acknowledge some of these plays and how some of these are dangerous. Um, you know, sliding in when someone's in the air is a dangerous play. Um, you know, now I, it's all happening very fast. You might think that you get there before he's taken off. You know, I get all of that. Um, but again, at the end of the day, like, you know, we, I think we, we do have to put players health um, and, you know, risk of injury as, you know, as a priority. And, you know, I think there's, you know, there, there comes a point when sometimes when you are so physical and fast and strong and all that, uh, a last resort is like, hey, we're just going to have to try to foul him before, um, before you can put the ball in. And I think, you know, you saw that in the last dance a little bit with Jordan, um, you know, the kind of the Jordan rules of do not let him get up in the air. Um, and I think, you know, you get a little bit of that with Giannis as well, where, you know, the view is, okay, if we can make him earn at the line rather than just laying the ball in, um, that's a better strategy, but, um, you know, it's, it's something that we're, you know, Giannis is going to be dealing with his entire career. Um, and it's something I think, you know, hopefully we'll be dealing with as well. And, um, it's something that, you know, we'll continue to work and talk with the league on and ensuring that, uh, that these plays get, uh, get reviewed and taken seriously. 
Well, Alex, we are going to talk about your experiences down in the bubble in just a little bit here. But uh, Florida is a long way away from Wisconsin. And if you did have to drive down, uh, I don't think you're going to be driving down. But if you did have to drive down, you might want to get some repairs done on your car. And if you did have to do that, you need to go to rockauto.com. They're a family business that's serving auto parts customers online. And they've been doing so for 20 plus years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new cars. Carpet, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you that's locked on in the how did you hear about us box amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and then anywhere any way that you're traveling whether it's by air whether it's by car you always need snacks and that's where built bar comes in built bars are the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar the 16 amazing flavors eight chocolate nut flavors eight chocolate nut free flavors the bars are covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to chew. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat because the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. We, of course, still have a great offer for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So I think amplifying all that, particularly in yesterday's game against Washington, was the fact that the Wizards are about to go home. They haven't won a game. The Bucks are just basically trying, you know, from my perspective, just trying to get to the playoffs. Like, you want to get to the postseason healthy, uh, then all that went down. And as you said, I mean, obviously he's going to be there for game one. That's the most important thing. But how have you seen the Bucks bubble play in general? There's certainly been rising anxiety, I would say, from some portions of Bucks fans. And I don't think that that's a surprise. We've had such a long layoff and now... There's a lot on the line for this team, but it, it has been up and down, admittedly, from uh, Bud's perspective as well. What have, what have you seen? Where's your, where's your stress levels right now? My, my stress levels aren't really there. Um, you know, I, uh, I kind of think, like, hey, look, we've, I think we've played fine. Um, you know, I think you look at the Celtic game, our first game, I thought we played pretty well there. Um, I thought we actually played pretty well against the Rockets. We just kind of fell apart a little bit at the end. Um, I actually thought we, you know, our offense was really good against Dallas. Um, Luca just happened to, you know, have one of the greatest games, you know, of his career. Um, and with a guy like Luca, that's going to happen. Um, you know, and I, you know, we still were up what seven or nine with like two minutes left. And, you know, again, just kind of like lost focus a little bit and missed a couple, uh, good looks that would have put the game away. Yeah. That type of stuff's going to happen. Um, it's not something I'm overly concerned about. I think you look at that second half against the heat, you know, that was Bucks basketball at its peak. Um, and that's what we've come to expect is kind of what that half looks like. But look, you know, we've been, it, we've been a little hurt, um, you know, with bled and Pat not getting in there until, you know, the not being able to play till the third game. So them trying to, you know, work their way back into shape and into, um, and into their roles. We've had, you know, Giannis miss a game, Christmas, like it's, it, this is, I think, you know, trying to get everyone back in sync at chemistry, 
and motivation all happening for these eight games. And, you know, that's not to say that these guys are trying to flip a switch or anything, but we've had the number one seed locked up. And you've got, you know, we're playing a lot of teams who are also very much playing for something um, to lock their seed in, uh, especially early. So, you know, I think there are a number of factors. I think we've generally played pretty fine. And, you know, you, you lock those two games up where you're up seven with two minutes left. Our record looks a lot different. I bet you anxiety levels are going down um, for people. So I'm not looking as much about the the win loss so much as how we're actually playing. And quite frankly, I think we're we're playing fine. Um, you know, I don't think we're playing our best basketball. I don't think anyone would say that, but I think we're playing fine. I think you know we'll uh, we'll be real sharp once we get into the playoffs. And it's again, I still think you have to, you know, put us as, you know, the, I mean, we're the top team in the East for a reason. Yeah. I think in general, it's harder to get a more relaxed person than me. So I try and understand both sides of the coin and, and why there might be a little bit of relaxation, but I think, uh, sorry, anxiety, but I think overall, uh, as you sort of pointed to, they've, they've, they've played some pretty damn good teams in the bubble so far. And played some good team. We've played some good teams. And you know, I, I would say this from individual performances, like, Chris, Giannis, Brooke, yeah. they look real good. I mean, like, they look very, they look really good. Um, I think Bled has looked pretty good, um, especially, you know, not having played in, like, first time really getting action is, like, in game three and trying to work, you know, your way in. We still don't know what lingering effects happen from COVID um, when you have it, even if you're asymptomatic. So, um, you know, I think it's impressive of what, you know, Bleds do. I think Pats look good. You know, George and Marvin, I think, have looked pretty good these last two games. So, you know, I think there there's a lot of there, there's a lot of positives. I think in the individual performances that you're seeing, I don't think we've necessarily put it together in every game. But again, I'd also say up seven with two minutes to go against two of the top teams in Dallas and Houston. You know, I'll, I'll take that. Um, you know, we did we didn't close out, which is something. I generally think we will do, but, uh, you know, I, I think you have to look at the overall play and not just necessarily the results of these seeding games. So just on Bled and Pat quickly, as you sort of pointed to, I mean, we all know they tested positive and they've had a, a interrupted preparation, even more so than anyone else. Now they're down there. We know all the protocols that the players have to go through, all the monitoring that's being done. Are those two having any extra uh, I guess monitoring or, or time with medical staff just to, to keep track of everything that's going on with them because they did test positive and have uh, had the virus. One of the, one of the things I love about our team is I think we've got probably you know one of the if not I think the top medical staff um, in the league and you know they're making sure that you know Bled Pat are following the proper protocols and following the proper science of how, of how to build your uh, lung capacity back up after having it. Um, and so, you know, there it's why like, you know, they've been limited a little bit more in games, but are starting to ramp back up, you know, starting to ramp up. Uh, and we expect blood to be blood and Pat to be able to play. Um, you know, I think we're pretty much, you know, exactly what we would need them to um, mm-hmm. come playoff time. Um, but again, we've also, you know, you've got to wait, we've got to wait for, you know, the science and everything. And I think that's part of, you know, what's going on is what are the, you know, long-term effects of, of having coronavirus? Um, and that's not something I think that we can necessarily answer, but that's why we're going to continue to monitor to make sure that, um, you know, if they feel anything, we're going to be extra cautious with them. Um, 
but right now they seem to be doing well. They feel 100% healthy, um, and I think everyone's just excited to uh, to get the playoffs started. So back to some official reports, bubble reports. Woj came out last night with a bunch of... Uh, he was firing the tweets out left, right, and center in regards to the guests that are allowed to come in at the end of the first round. So uh, per his tweets, so four guests per player. Uh, can be exceeded if there is children involved there. They they can use the team charter flights to get down uh, to Orlando. There'll be a three-day quarantine in the markets and then seven days once they get down to Orlando, which, uh, you know, it's interesting. Someone pointed out if a team quickly gets bundled out in the second round, that that quarantine period might take up almost the whole second round. But this is what they exactly what they have to do. There's some interesting rules around friends, and I don't know if we need to get into specifics here, but if as far as guests are coming down to the bubble, this is obviously an interesting period of everything that's going down. The rules have been unbelievable thus far. The results have been unbelievable this far, and now zero positive tests in the previous week. What was... The uh, the process here between uh, I assume not only the the franchise the front offices and the and the league but uh, the players association clearly would have had a pretty heavy involvement here in regards to how they can get uh, their families down which I think everyone agrees is pretty important. Yeah, I mean, look, I think this is just once again the the league and the players association um, just showing a great partnership and why I think this restart has I think gone so smoothly. Um, and it's because there is a great partnership between, you know, Adam and the owners and, you know, Chris Paul, uh, Michelle Roberts and all the players. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of trust that's been built up. There's a lot of, uh, and a common interest and a common goal. And, you know, I, I hear you, like, if you get down there, you quarantine for seven days, your team might have one more game left before uh, they get knocked out. But like, you know, you've got to, you know, You've got to make sure we've got to make sure that these, you know, that the, that everyone's following the same rules um, and can't uh, can't make really exceptions, you know, especially with a virus that one person bringing it in could unravel the whole thing. Um, and so I think, you know, that's something, and that we're, you know, that's a the, the fact that you might be knocked out, you know, by the time the, your family clears quarantine. Is, is just something that I think everyone's just going to have to deal with. And you know, maybe it'll give, you, give everyone an extra incentive to uh, you know, play a little, to, to ensure that you know, these, game, these series go a little longer. But um, I think it's also a great thing that you know, the NBA is trying to figure out and working with the players on how, to, how do you get these, everyone's families down there um, if they want to go. Because being away from your family for that long is – is really tough and I admire and really appreciate the sacrifice the players are making right now um, to be that far, to be away from your family for that long um, to try to finish the season. Um, that's a big sacrifice for these guys. And um, you know, it's, it's something that I think needs to, uh, doesn't get talked about enough. Um, and it's something that I really admire. Funnily enough, uh, I tweeted last night that uh, that meme of the the baby walking around with a with a baseball bat <laughs> in in relation to uh, he'd be walking around in the bubble. Uh, Liam would be walking around the bubble looking for Mo Wagner, but uh, he'll be well and truly out of the bubble by the time uh, Liam gets down there. But one other funny one that that was just hilarious to me when I saw Woj tweeted out was the uh, there can be one ticket to the game per player, plus if you're under thirty two inches tall you can get into the game. I'm very curious to know why 32 inches was the height and it wasn't an age number. 
Uh, how tall is Liam? He surely he, he's not that tall yet. Uh, Liam looks like he might be 32 <laughs> inches. My God, that baby is big. Uh, um, uh, I, I I don't know. I don't I don't know why they went with a uh, a, a height requirement versus an age requirement. Um, might be Disney I protocol. Might be, might be. Yeah, Disney. that sounds 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 like something that that Disney would have. It it always benefited me because <laughs> I, I was I'm always pretty short, so I could I could always go on the rides even if my uh, my friends couldn't. Um, so I I don't know what the height requirement. Why a height requirement? I don't know. It, it is it, funny. It does seem funny. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, maybe it's just a maybe they're just trying to keep with the Disney theme. All right, last one here to tie all this together. The last report was that two extra staff members can also come down from each franchise. Now, I, you know, it, we've we've spoke with uh, John Horst previously when he was talking about the difficulty of of making the cuts and and whether it was a, a guy like Cam Reynolds that wasn't able to go down, uh, literally a guy that's that sat on the bench through the season or a training staff member. Uh, whoever it may be, for even for John Horst, he spoke about Milton Newton not being able to go down there. So, uh, do you have any idea of of what path you might go down with uh, these these two staff members and how you can benefit from that? Yeah, I mean, being able to add two more staff is going to be huge. Um, you know, whether it's you know medical, uh, mental health, or uh, you know being able to bring down an extra coach, um, being able to add two more is is big. Um, just because you know, I feel like you know, we all feel like we're maybe a little bit short staffed um, and totally understand the reasons why, but, you know, we're not at full capacity um, from our general training, coaching, traveling party. Uh, so, you know, it, it it's important to be able to have these two, these two staff members be added. Um, and I think it'll only benefit us as we uh, continue to try to march forward in the playoffs. So no idea who that would be. I have I have a good sense of who it's going to be. I'm just not uh, uh, I'm just not at liberty to break that news. <laughs> okay. Well, I had, I had to ask the follow up. All right. Before we wrap this up, let's get to the bubble life. You were down there, and and uh, I I didn't know that whether you were tier two or what the situation was going to be with you. But by the time I messaged you, uh, you were already back. You're already back in Milwaukee. So. What was that experience like? How long were you down there? And can you just walk us through exactly what you experienced in those uh, couple of days? Yeah. So me and my dad, we were in tier two. Um, we uh, flew, we had to get tested 72 hours before we left for Orlando. So I got tested uh, in Milwaukee, um, you know, then flew down to, um, to, to Westport. Uh, to go down then to Orlando with my dad. Um, and we flew with uh, also one of the Celtics owners, Steve Pagliuca. We get there, um, we're, you know, we're, we're in the NBA hotel and you have to get tested every day um, that you're down there. Uh, you do have the ability to go to other games. You just have to get cleared for that. So, you know, for me, it just felt like one big AAU tournament. Uh, hmm. I just kind of went from gym to gym watching as many games as possible it's it's a fun experience. I mean, it was fun just because I was watching live basketball for the first time in five months. Uh, it's a it's it's weird. Um, you know, you're behind a plexiglass, a thick, you know, like kind of like suite of plexiglass. Um, there's no one really in the gym, and all you're really hearing is you know someone hits a shot. You're you're kind of just hearing the bench go crazy. Um, it almost felt weird for us to be yelling and screaming because I didn't even think that they could hear us. 
when we would go loud. So um, it was fun. It was kind of unique to be able to watch the game with, you know, you had the Bucks owners and the Celtics owners in, you know, in the same box. And, you know, that was kind of fun. Uh, you know, for the other games, you know, there's nothing like watching a game with Steve Ballmer. I, I'll say that <laughs> he's, he is, uh, his, his enthusiasm for the game is just infectious. Um, and so that, that was, that was definitely a highlight. And look, I, th- I thought they did a great job in ensuring the safety of everyone who was going in tier two. Um, but more importantly, the safety of everyone who's in the bubble. You have no interaction, no potential or chance of interaction um, with anyone in the bubble. And I think that was probably one of the most important things is, you know, even for, you know, someone like my dad, like he can't go talk to anybody. Um, We were able to give John Horst a wave when he saw us, but there's no talking. You're not close enough to um, have any interaction and, and you've got to wear a mask the entire time as well. So, you know, they're taking all the protocols very seriously. And again, I think this is what happens when you listen to the health experts and epidemiologists on, you know, what are the safest ways to do this? Um, And I think that's why the NBA is having so much success. I was curious about that because you guys, as you sort of said, um, I mean, I saw a photo of where you were sitting, but I was wondering with all the the staff limits and that sort of stuff, whether teams, whether there would be um, uh, scouts, other members of staff in tier two, they can still watch games from a distance. Is is that even allowed? Is that something that's that's been happening? Yeah, there's so in some gyms, I saw players there. Okay. Um, and so you, they're not camera view. Yep. They're on the side, the same side of, you know, where the bleachers are and everything. Um, not a ton. Uh, you know, I think there's only a certain amount of seats because every seat has to be six feet apart. Yeah. Um, so even there, practicing social distancing, um, even inside. So, you know, you, I think scouts are, you know, how, you know, the team exec that um, you have inside the bubble can uh, go to other games, but there are certain, um, I think limitations on what games they can go to. Uh, you know, you could definitely get a sense that look, they're not putting these games on for people to go to. Yeah, um, they're putting these things. These games are being played for the for the games to be played, um, and they're not there for you know a ton of people to be able to go sit there and watch and you know cheer like like it's like a small AAU tournament. Um, so you definitely get that sense and get that feeling, but. Again, I think I think they've done a great job and they've thought through a lot. And it's just being down there, uh, I, I couldn't. Ha- I was just I was thoroughly impressed with um, what they've come up with and gave me even more confidence that this is going to finish. I imagine it's going to be pretty hard for you to stay away once the playoffs come around. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I will uh, most likely be at the very least going down. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stay here through the convention. Um, So I'll probably be here in Milwaukee for the first round. um, And at the very least be a tier two for the, um, for the second round. And um, whenever uh, we feel like it's, um, I'm able to get in there um, and we make sure that we have all the essential staff and everyone uh, gets in first. uh, I'll take, I'll then uh, try to jump in there if possible, but otherwise I'll be, I'll be down in Orlando, but tier two um, and just, uh, to uh to try to root them on and i'm one to know so um, <laughs> yeah, right, uh, maybe, right. may, may, maybe continue that streak and absolute last one bud was laughing last week the fact that he never expected to have a birthday uh, a co- win coach a win <laughs> on his birthday and after the game he was talking about the wine 
Uh, he mentioned your father. He said there might have to be some more deliveries. What deliveries, what special emergency deliveries are you making down there? And did Bud get his birthday wine? So we, we, we went down, when we went down there for the Boston game, we brought 50 bottles of wine um, <laughs> that we sent in for the team, four cases of uh, my dad's vineyard, uh, Kistler wines. Um, you know, I, uh, if, if they once, once they finish those, um, reinforcements will be coming. Um, but, uh, it might, it might be more of a, you know, win a series. Here's a, here's a celebratory, a uh, few bottles of wine, but, uh, no, when, when they get, when, when they want their reinforcements that, that gets sent. All right, so the Bucks were drunk against the Nets. That's why they lost that game. We, <laughs> we, we, can, we can mark that I down. I can't confirm nor deny. Okay, all right, fair <laughs> enough. Well, Alex, uh, again, it's, it's always uh, fun chatting with you. I'm glad uh, we could knock this out and uh, definitely appreciate your time. It's clearly, even though it's weird, it's still a busy, very busy time for you, basketball-related and, and other things right now. Thanks for having me.